welcome. Welcome, friends. Come on in. Don't be afraid. It's just me, your humble host. Oh, this spooky kind of music. Eh, what does it mean? It means today we're going to have a visit from the shadow. The shadow returns to sounds like radio. And an especially good episode, too. Today, the shadow is played by Bill Johnstone, who I think was the definitive version of the shadow. When you hear him, you'll know. Yeah, now that's the shadow. Today's episode is entitled Valley of the Living Dead. That's right. From January 22nd of 1939 comes today's episode of the shadow. Who knows what evil lurks in the hearts of men. The shadow knows, and soon you will too. Here now, the shadow on Sounds Like Radio's special Library of Sound edition. Shadow begins his exciting adventure in just a moment. Right now, I want to tell you how you can get the quickest non-skid stops you've ever had. Vital blowout protection, too. And get them both at no extra cost. Have your car equipped with the new Goodrich Safety Silver Town. On the outside, this new kind of tire has the lifesaver tread that actually sweeps wet roads so dry you can light a match on its track. Gives the greatest skid protection ever offered. And on the inside, it has the famous golden ply that resists heat, provides scientific protection against dangerous high-speed blowouts. Yet with all this life-saving protection, the new Silvertowns cost you not a penny more. For safety tomorrow, get Goodrich Safety Silvertowns today. The shadow, mysterious character who aids those in distress and helps the forces of law and order is in reality Lamont Cranston, wealthy young man about town. Cranston's friend and companion, the lovely Margot Lane, is the only person who knows to whom the unseen voice belongs, the only one who knows the true identity of that master of other people's minds, the shadow. Today's story, Valley of the Living Dead. Desert scenery is simply magnificent, Lamont. Why, this alone was worth the trip. Yes. And I think that's the mountain range over there that I've been looking for. Sort of saw teeth edge to it. Looking for a mountain range? The whole thing seems silly to me. 
Long trip just because you heard of a rumor that there's a valley someplace behind a sawtooth mountain where people act peculiarly. <laughs> What's behind this rumor? That's just what I'm going to find out, Margot. What can I do for you? I want some gas. Huh? And I also want to know the best road up that mountain over there. Oh, there ain't no road over that mountain you can drive on, mister. No road? Well, what's the matter with that one right ahead there? That's no good. Dangerous. And see, ain't many folks besides me has been in that valley. And brother, I'm going to live there someday. Well, if you go, you can go alone, Timothy Hicks. I'll have plenty of time to rot when I'm dead and in my grave. What's that you said? I said I'd have long enough to rot when I'm in my grave. Uh, don't pay no attention to the missus. She don't know nothing. Why, on the other side of that there range, they got the slickest place you ever seen. Put it in a round valley. There's only one thing, though. I've got to be busted to live there. You can't have any money? Yep, busted. Why, the folks in there get their houses given to them and food, everything. You mean a sort of a state poor farm? Nope, nothing like that. It's private. Owned by Mr. Maxim. Kindest man that ever was. Yes, indeed. Well, there you are, mister. All fixed up. Uh, about how many people live in that valley? Well, well, I wouldn't know exactly. There's maybe eight, nine hundred. I ain't been in since they prospected for gold. Boy, they sure hit a vein. Well, then they must have plenty of money in there. Nope, they ain't. See, while Mr. Maxim was in the east, those folks got some capital in from the outside to work the mines. Yep, but uh, but then they uh, he came back. Maxim come back too soon. Gosh, was he mad. Put a stop to it as quick as cat. Gold, and he put a stop to it? Yep, yeah, he ain't supposed to have no money in there. Yeah, probably can't tell a nickel from a dime, but now. Me, I can't see myself without a bit of change in my hand now and then. Not me. Ain't got nothing in there I want. No radios, theaters, stores, nothing. Well, Lamont Cranston, there's certainly no great wrong here to write. I suggest we give up the whole thing and make this a pleasure trip for a change. Sorry, Margot. Here you are, Hicks. Oh, thanks, mister. Hey, mister, be on the, on the watch for gold is rolling across the road there. Well, here's where we leave the paved road and start climbing. There's a sign. Danger, drive up this road at your own risk. Oh, yes, I see it. I assure you it interests me, Margot. View of what our friend back there just warned us. Uh, there comes the boulder now, Lamont. Bigger than this car. You're right. Oh. Well, strange. I missed us anyhow. Now will you turn back? The road isn't safe. Well, that one might be just coincidence, Margot. It's a fine road. Nothing wrong with it. Good all the way up, far as I can see. There's another boulder. Yes, coming right down this path. Yes. Hold fast. Oh, thank goodness that must have too. Lamont, there's no coincidence about those boulders rolling down. No, you're right, Margot. Unless I'm mistaken, it's an electric eye. And it starts them as surely as it would open a door. Well, then for pity's sake, let's get out of here. We'll be smashed to bits. I've had enough of this whole thing. Before the sun sets, Margot, we're going to be in that valley. But we're going in by plane. But it all seems so unnecessary, Lamont. Going and getting this plane, there can't be anything wrong. Not with this man Maxim on the job. 
say he's so kind and all that. Margot, never in my life have I felt a more compelling certainty that something was wrong. At any rate, we'll know the moment we're over the jagged teeth of this ridge below. Yeah. Look, Margot. There's the valley. I'll fly lower. Look closely. This is low enough. Yes, a hundred feet. And look. Look at those people closely, Margot. They move along the streets. The lifelessness of them. Well, no traffic to keep them jumping. Doesn't mean there's anything wrong. Children half-heartedly at play. No work being done anywhere. Men sprawled on the grass. Well, what of it, Lamont? Cut off from the outside world. No work to do. No amusements. Nothing for mind or muscle to feed on. Why, Margot, that place is like a stagnant pool covered with green slime. Beautiful to look at but filled with decay. Well, maybe you're right, Lamont. If even the women don't stop to talk to one another, they don't even look up at the sound of the plane. And over there, just beyond the dam, are the gold mines, latest equipment lying idle. And a chance for everybody to make a lot of money. Look, what's that back against the hill? Oh, it's a sort of castle. Now, wait a minute, Margo. That standard flying from the turret there has a name on it. I'll try to get closer and make it out. The uh, Ingram A Maxim. Ingram Maxim. Why, I know who this fellow is now. You do? In college. I was just a freshman. He was taking postgraduate. A bald, thin little man, always helping some of the fellows. Why, he was rich as Croesus even then. Hang on, Margot. I'm going to set it down on the other side of the dam. Find out what this is all about. Lamont. We'll keep on knocking until they do. Wait. I saw the curtain move from the window up there. Please, Lamont, let's go back to the plane. I I feel weak. What was that? I don't know. It's horrible. Uh, Margot. Uh, Good heavens, Margot. Uh, Here, you're not fainting. Oh. The lady has fainted. <laughs> Mr. Maxim, please. I prefer to carry her. I will carry her. No one here dictates to Maxim. There. Now, precede me into the house, if you will, sir. And now, with the little lady well taken care of, we shall dine together. Cranston, we talk over the old days. You see, I remember you. Indeed, I, I have the faculty of remembering everybody I ever seen. I couldn't forget you, naturally. Always doing such kind things to help the less fortunate chaps at college? <laughs> nothing. Nothing at all. Now, here, of course, I have much larger opportunities. Yes, undoubtedly. Uh, something's been puzzling me, Maxim. Those boulders rolling down into the road. I'm curious to know how you work that. I have my own ways, Mr. Cranston, of protecting this valley of mine from intruders. I want nothing from the outside world to touch my people. Nothing. Uh, well, Mother, I can't move. You're all right, Marco. I'm right here. Keep your arms under the blankets, little lady. That's it. But I'm not cold. I'm smothering. Too much exertion, my dear, coming down that steep path from the dam. Women's delicate bodies were not built for harsh exertion. You see, they... Rita, what are you doing here? Why did you leave your room in your wheelchair without my help? Is the lady sick, Maxim? Are you sick too, my dear? No. No, nothing wrong with me. 
Just a little chill. Uh, Miss Lane, my wife. How do you do? Mr. Cranston. How do you do? Did you uh, suffer an injury of some sort, Mrs. Maxim? That you should have to be in a wheelchair? No. Oh, no. I've always been strong. But after the birth of my son, I... Yes, I, I think that was when oh, My I... dear, you are exerting yourself too much. You must go to your room. But Maxon's always taken such good care of me. I never have to lift a hand. He carries me, puts me in my bed. He feeds me. He's always so kind. Kind. It is the privilege of all strong people, my dear, to take care of the weaker. Oh. Uh, come, my dear Serena. Off to bed with you. Maxon. The lady heard it, too. It's not my imagination. It's the wind, my dear, in a faulty flue. I shall have it fixed tomorrow. Well, I tell you, it has the sound of my son's voice. <laughs> now, now, that imagination of yours again, my dear. You know that Paul is off at school. Now, say good night to Miss Lane and Mr. Cranston. Good night, Miss Lane. Mr. Cranston. Good night. <laughs> begin Act Two of The Shadow's Adventure, here's something that hits right home with the pocketbooks of all you motorists. If you drive a car much, you know that it costs more to drive it fast than to drive it slowly. But do you realize how much? The Shadow knows. When you're hitting it up 55 and 65 miles an hour, you pay double for gas, oil, tires, and maintenance. Speed is expensive. Slow down and save. Yes, motorists. That's one sure way to save money. And don't forget, you can save both money and trouble with that new Goodrich Safety Silvertown tire. Everywhere, motorists are reporting that the new Goodrich Silvertown tire is giving them the quickest non-skid stops they've ever had. It's giving them months of extra mileage and real blowout protection, too. If that seems like a lot, just remember that this new Silvertown is the tire that's built with every great life-saving, mileage-building tire feature you can name. On the outside, it has the Lifesaver tread, the amazing tread that actually sweeps wet roads so dry you can light a match on its track that will stop you quicker, safer on a wet pavement than you've ever stopped before. And on the inside, this new Silvertown has the famous Golden Ply blowout protection. Yet... In spite of the fact that this new kind of tire costs thousands of dollars to develop, you can get this life-saving Silvertown for your car at no extra cost. Father? Oh, oh I thought you'd never come. But Paul, my son, don't I always come? <laughs> oh, Miss Steele can't. Can't we take it off? Not yet, my boy. <laughs> to remove it too soon would mean that you'd never walk again. I don't care. I don't care. It's, it's now. It's the pain now that I can't stand. I know what is best for you, Paul. But it's getting worse. I can't rest. I can't sleep. Come now. You must. Oh, if I only could and never wake up. Well, that is better. Uh, Patience. Hmm. I'll turn the light low. There. Good night, my son. Sleep. Sleep. 
I'm glad he's gone. I'll get that cast off somehow. Even if it does cripple me. I don't care. Let me help you, Paul. Who spoke? Where are you? Don't be frightened. I've come to help you. Nothing can frighten me anymore. But I can't see you. I can sometimes help people better because I'm not seen. Oh, I don't know what you mean, but, but can you really help me? I mean, take this cast off. Yes, Paul, right away. Tell me, how long have you had it on? Nearly two years. I was away at school and had an accident. My father came to see me. Well, well I don't remember much about that part, but a doctor said that I would have to have this cast put on. A doctor said that? What? Yes. My father told me he did. Trust me now. I want you to try to stand. But I can. My father says I can. I want you to try. All right. I'll try. Oh, I'm standing. Good boy. That's oh. what I wanted to know. You have two strong, healthy legs. They're growing against steel that clamps them like a vice. This cast is coming right off. It's off. They feel numb. Steady, Paul. The pain will soon be gone. You'll be well again. Well again, boy. Oh, yours is not the only bondage to be broken tonight. Ah, Margo, it's good to get out in the air. They're down these stone steps. Watch out. It's steep. Lamont, tell me that dreadful cry. Was that... Yes, his son, Margo. I was able to relieve his suffering, so... Oh, thank heaven for that. But down in the village, all those people, what can you do for them? Their suffering has been great enough. I'll make them help themselves. Oh, watch out. This last step. Yeah, that's it. There isn't a light anywhere. Everyone in this village is asleep. That's it, Margot. Everyone has been asleep too long. But with luck, I hope to awaken their minds to this... this living death. Sound anywhere, Lamont, except that coyote off in the hills. The villagers sleep, Marjorie, but they do not rest. Come, I'll show you how their tortured subconscious minds react. This place of living dead is silent, beats on my ears like the drums of eternity. And in the next house and the next, Margot, I must go to them as they sleep in the shadows. Try to free them from this bondage of submission. The mills. I hear them. The good, honest roar of machinery. The white heat of the furnaces. There's a fine strength in me. And I'm to have a raise of a dollar at the end of the week. become as soft as something that lies rotting in the sun. There is no hope. I am dead. Dead. No. No, my friend, you're alive. And you can be strong again. What? Who spoke? Who said that? God put muscles in a man's body for use, for work. Work? Yes, work. Ah, but we not while there is work to be done, and you can do it. Oh, I've dreamed that dream until I'm nearly mad. Then go to the mines. They wait only for your courage to start them working. No. No, we can't do that. 
Mr. Maxim has forbidden it. Wake up, man. He has given you what only money can buy. He has taken from you what only God can give. Your freedom. Start working the mines tonight. Start working the mines tonight. Start working the mines tonight. Start working the mines tonight! Lamont, there are lights now in every house. Yes, and over there, lanterns swinging to the quick step of men hurrying to the mines. Give me your hand, Margot. We've no time to lose. We're almost at Maxim's castle. You think in a single night you will have destroyed Maxim's self-created world. As well as that, Margot, everything on which his ego has fattened. Listen, the people are wasting no time. Hurry. Here, I'll help you. Up these steps. Quickly. Quickly, Margot, quickly. This is Maxim's room, Margot. You stay back. I don't know what danger lies behind this door. But as the shadow, I'll soon find out. After all I've done for them... They betray my generosity. Men and women alike. They're crowded down at the mines of the hundreds. I'm going out to the balcony to observe them more clearly. Maxim, what happened? Why are you so angry? Mrs. Maxim, oh, I... don't be startled. I'm here to help you. Listen closely. This is a fight for freedom. Oh, who speaks? It's, it's all such a strange dream. Do as I tell you without questioning. Rise out of your bed out of your weakness and fight as those people down at the mines are starting to fight. But I... I can't rise. I can't walk. Not without Maxim's help. You can. You shall. You've got to fight out of the weakness to strength and freedom. Yes. Yes. Fight out of weakness to, to strength and freedom. I can. I will stand. I see their game. They want a freedom apart from me. But they shan't have it. I stopped them before. I'll stop them again. No, Maxim. Don't stop them this time. Don't. Serena. You. You standing alone. How dare you stand alone without my help? I'd rather die, Maxim. Standing alone as God intended me to stand. Than go on in a living death of the weakness that comes of your constant support. You two. After all I've done. Devoted my life to you. What madness is in this place tonight? Madness is lifting from this place tonight, Maxim. What? What is that voice? Who speaks? Perhaps it is your conscience speaking, Maxim. Your conscience. Serena, what is that voice? Do you hear it? Or is this whole thing some crazy dream? I only know that I can stand alone and move alone. And if it's a dream, I hope I never wake. Listen closely, Maxim. Your conscience speaks again. You gave these poor creatures the things your millions could so easily buy. You felt great and noble and princely in the giving. And for that, you robbed them of their strength of will and muscle and heart. It is a crime. Just as stealing money is a crime. This is how they repay me, is it? They hurl my liberality back into my teeth and make it a reproach. Maxim, you are consumed by selfishness. A selfishness so great that it has sacrificed a thousand people and your, your wife and your son to its greedy demand. It's a lie! My whole life has been devoted to others. My people know I love them. I'll go to them. I, I'll talk to them. Will you also listen to them? They will listen to me. And I will give them their choice of life or death.
Stop those thrills, I command you. Stop those thrills. for you to work. I shall always provide for you. I have promised that. I have proved it. We want hard money again to buy food that we earn to care for our family. And I say you shall not. This valley is mine. And all who live here shall live as I order. No. Let us work the mine. There's the way. Let us feel we've earned the right to live. Have you so soon forgotten from what I saved you? That world outside where every man sets his hand against every other man? For money? At least we do we live. Better that than this, where we grow soft with a rotting softness, and the hills and the silence close us in. This valley is the fulfillment of a dream for you. It's a dream and nothing more. There is no life in it. I tell you, I know what is best for you. You will not accept life as I have given it to you. Then you shall have death as I give it to you. I shall save them for themselves. A quick, merciful death. Yes, one turn of this lever, and in a few minutes the valley will be a deep and silent lake. Yes, one turn of this lever. For the second time, Maxim, your conscience speaks. Let it speak. I know what is best for my people. You care nothing about those people. How wrong you are, voice. I care enough about them to exterminate them all, rather than submit them to the corruption of an outside world. Just one turn of this handle. Just one turn of that handle. And you would be a murderer. The ungrateful have no right to live. Close those gates before it is too late. You have no right to pronounce death. For if there's a guilty man in this valley today, you are that man. I? I guilty? Of what am I guilty? You attempted to buy the freedom of a thousand people, Maxim. To force them to the knees before you. And to keep them there for the rest of their lives. No! No, no, I... I didn't mean it that way. Just leave it. Oh, I don't turn it back. The rush of water against the gate is too strong. I can't turn it. Maxim, I'm here. Cranston. Lamont Cranston. Here beside you. Oh, Cranston, I'll help you. Before it's too late. Yes, together. Our combined strength. Help. They shall live. Maxim, what's wrong? There's blood on your lip. Something in me is broken. The weight of closing the gate. Here, lean on me. Wait. Look, oh, Cranston, look. Coming there. Walking toward me. Look. Walking. My wife and my son. Yes, walking. Here, Maxim, take my arm. No, Cranston, I am dying. I gave my life closing those gates. Saving my people. Tell them that. Tell my wife and son. And please lean on me. Let me help you to your feet. No, no, look. <laughs> the weaker I grow, the more strongly they walk. <laughs> My wife and son, they are getting back what I took away. You're a great man at this moment, Maxim. And listen, down by the mines as the water recedes, they're cheering you, Maxim. Yes. Yes, I... I hear them cheering me. And they are the cheers of a living and a free people.
Today's program is based on a story copyrighted by The Shadow Magazine. All the characters and all the places named are fictitious. The Shadow Magazine is now on sale at your local newsstand. here on the Library of Sound, one of the all-time classic, classic old-time radio shows, The Shadow. We're very happy to bring it to you. Yes, indeed, The Shadow is here on the Library of Sound, and I say it's about time. <laughs> oh, I am your humble host, your host for these Library of Sound editions, whether it's a Phil Harris Alice Faye show or an episode of uh, Philip Marlowe or an episode of Sam Spade, uh, you just never know what we're going to be doing here on the Library of Sound. Yeah, we might even bring on a Bing Crosby show. Yeah, you don't have to be scared when you're listening to the Bing Crosby show. <laughs> oh, all right, friends, that'll do it for today's Library of Sound. Until next time, I am your humble host saying thanks for listening and so long for now. <laughs>